see because frequent when you fly a lot you it's the what i call like the small moments that count you know it's it's the really small things when the cabin crew and the check-ins when they nail these things it's i call it a huge moment it's van um john travolta's in town and so this is a few years ago and he's flying his uh Qantas branded 707 aircraft into sydney and you know would you like to have a flight with him <laughs> so i said yes and uh and so you know the next you know week later i'm flying around john travolta in his 707 above sydney for a couple of hours just drink. one of the most important facets of any business is customer service in business you are not only selling a product or a service but an experience providing exceptional customer service and developing real relationships with your clients means increased sales retain customers new customers via word of mouth and a positive reputation you're listening to the Focus on Customer Experience Podcast. Podcast. Benjamin Del Grosso gives you the ins and outs of one of the most underlooked aspects in business today. Improve your customer service and watch your business skyrocket. Two, one. Now, here's your host, Benjamin Del Grosso. Hello and welcome to the show. Today we have Mark on the show mark is co-founder of status match if you've ever kind of wondered the, who's behind some of these loyalty programs or what they can do to help you out you, mark's kind of specialist in that area so mark explain to us a little bit more about what you do and how you got there great to be with you today um i it comes down to it, i'm just a airline loyalty geek that likes creating products and try to make the world a better place for travelers you know um, back in this all kind of started back in i'm australian obviously living in in asia now <laughs> if you didn't guess um so i used to live in australia um i used to have a, a social networking company in australia and i sold that in 2013 and as part of that company i was flying around the world you know jet setting business travel london europe usa you know doing pretty cool life i would say you know it's business, first class travel, you get all the perks, you get all the, you know, the shiny objects come with that. And so when I, I'd sold my business at the time, I'd, um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a great structure. It was kind of cash walk away type sale. And I thought I'm going to move to Asia now because I wanted to live in Asia. Uh, and so at that point, I, I was unemployed for the first time in a long time in my life. And I thought, what am I going to do now? Right. And so I'd had this sort of background of being a legitimate frequent flyer myself. You know, not I'd never worked in now. I'd never worked for a hotel or any sort of travel company prior to that. And so I'm living in Hong Kong, and uh, you know, the big airline there is Cathay Pacific. And so I um, managed to meet someone in the management team there, and I said, "Hey, look, I'm a really high value flyer with Qantas, the Australian big airline. Uh, can I? Can you give me a status match to your um, your top level diamond status? Because I was Uber VIP with Qantas. I was like the top top." You know, couldn't get any higher there. And uh, I, I said, you know, you give me you give me your diamond status for free and I'll start flying your airline. I thought it was a good trade, right? They give me something that doesn't cost them anything. And I start giving them a lot of money as I fly around the world doing my thing. And they said, no. <laughs> I said, why not? I spend, you know, X, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on air travel a year. And they said, no. And I thought this is a bit odd. Uh so I, I did a bit of investigating. Actually, I asked Singapore Airlines as well. I said, I, I thought I'll try my luck with them. They said no as well. 
I thought, why the, why the heck doesn't an airline want a new high value customer? Why say no straight away so quickly? So, you know, without even asking a question, right? Not even saying, how much do you travel? Or, you know, what's your next flight or, you know, anything like that. So that's kind of what kickstarted this whole journey with status match in, in, in helping airlines acquire high value customers. You know, they're pretty good at getting you to book a, you know, a cheap ticket across country or, you know, a one hour flight to go see grandma. They're, they're really good at selling on that kind of stuff, but they're not that great at acquiring solo individual kind of high value flies. And that's where this all sort of came out. So I started, um, you know, there's, there's no university to learn how to do airline loyalty stuff. And so I started attending events and conferences, just paying my way there, uh, learning about the industry. And I realized pretty quickly that I, as a frequent flyer, you, you were already educated on a lot of these things on how loyalty works because you're a customer, right? Of the product. Whereas most people at, that work at airlines, they're not customers of their own product right? They just work at an airline, right? Because you think about it, how many people at checking out of an airline do you think of flying on Emirates first class, you know, across the world? Probably not many, right? So oh, they, just many. Have... <laughs> <Not> <laughs> many. they should though, it's, it's worth it. <laughs> um, but they just kind of don't have that experience. And what that means, there's nothing wrong with that, but what it means is a lot of the, um, the way they approach decision-making with an airline is not from a customer perspective. It's from a how do we run airline, make money perspective? And these are obviously, you know, a bit, uh, not, not totally aligned all the time. So I thought, you know, I'm going to help airlines. I'm going to fix this problem for them. And I, there's a lot of things I can't fix in the world, but I can fix them getting high value customers because who else better to do it? So I teamed up with a couple of friends from the industry and we created statusmatch.com and uh, sort of went from there. And, you know, we've been running about just under two years now. Um, we signed up, you know, more than a hand, couple of handfuls of airlines uh, onto our platform. Uh, it's been really successful for them, really great for them. Uh, you know, we've helped airlines acquire more than $400 million in new business in that time. Uh, and that's during COVID, like the worst possible time ever for the airline industry. They've still managed to get all these new customers. And so uh, pretty happy about where, where we've been, where we've come from so far. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Like you guys cover a big part of the world. Like I'm in Canada, you're in Malaysia right now. And you even have listed as air Canada as like one of the clients that you help. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the fact you guys have quite a big reach. So if people are looking to take advantage of this, maybe you're, you know, a current WestJet customer and you're thinking, Hey, you know what? I'd like to, you know, get over to air Canada or something like that. Right. You know, this is where you can talk to these guys and, They'll you guys negotiate on their behalf, I think is what you're saying. And 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 basically try and match them up to make that happen. Is that the way I'm understanding it correctly? So, so, or yeah, we're kind of sort of like a broker in some sort, like an automated broker. So there's a bunch of airlines we have relationships with, not everyone we do have relationships with. And if you've got like a think like a silver gold status or higher with an airline, um, so this is you know, it's not for everyone, but if you, if you've got some kind of elite status with an airline and you're looking to move your business, or maybe you're changing jobs, you know, you're moving countries, you're changing cities and you can't fly your old airline anymore. Cause it makes no, you, for example, you might be moving from New Zealand to London, right. And you can't possibly fly in New Zealand anymore. It makes sense to, you know, go through a bit of a process and, and get a status match with an airline because, you know, you, 
if you've got like a silver gold status, you're used to these perks and benefits, you know, used to the priority check-in, the priority screening, the, the lounge access, the free seats, the free bags. You're kind of used to that. You don't want to start from the bottom again, right? So the idea is if an airline can give you an equivalent status with their own, you know, you'll shift your business over. Airline should be happy. You should be happy. You know, we kind of sit in the middle of that transaction. Um, and, you know, every, everyone wins. Yeah, so when you think about those people who uh, go to the Air Canada Lounge, right? And they love going to the Air Canada Lounge. And uh, what do they, I think they have snacks in there, drinks, all that kind of fun stuff, right? And there's a sort of certain perks that you get in these uh, these lounges at the airport, right? And, you know, you move to the States now, and now you're, I don't know, you, now you're going to have to use a different travel partner, right? You know, Delta or whoever is, you know, the, the company down there, I'm not too sure. Right. And you're going to basically say, Hey, well, you know, you're a business traveler that I don't know, spends 50,000 a year or something crazy like that on, on air travel. I do know people that seriously spend like huge amounts of uh, money. They're literally in the air. I want to say 150 days out of the year, right? Like it's crazy. The amount of travel some people do. And you guys are going to try and find a way to, to help them out so that they get that same status. And that's pretty interesting. I've never heard of, never really heard of that before. I didn't know something like this existed. So I could definitely see a lot of business travelers taking advantage of this. And I even know some people who have moved from Canada to the UK. I know people who moved from Canada to the States. And some of these people are very big business travelers. So what you're doing, like it does make sense exactly what you're saying. Just, just trying to make life a little bit easier for, you know, people that travel a lot, you know, if you, to your point, if you move from Canada to Europe and it doesn't make sense for whatever reason to fly with the airlines you have status with currently, um, you know, we just make that sort of switch across to a new airline, just a little bit easier, right? Cause to your point, you know, if you're in, in the airline lounge and used to all the snacks, the free drinks, some lounges have like full-blown restaurants in there like five star really you know really really nice food and it's kind of once you've tasted some of that you don't want to go back again right so if if Ellen's can keep you at that at that level that you're accustomed to the chances of them acquiring your business moving forward is a lot higher than if they didn't do that and in fact um, we've got some interesting data on airlines that don't give status matches right so they basically say yeah, we know you're gold over here, but we're not going to give you anything, right? Now, let's say you still fly that other airline and said no anyway, because maybe you have to, right? Or your company says you have to fly this out. <clears throat> what happens is you, you're actually more disengaged. So you're, you're less likely, you know, you know, airlines have the credit cards, right? To own the miles. So you're less likely to get those credit cards, which make the airlines a lot of money. Um, you're almost always going to pick the cheapest flight of the day right? You're never going to spend more to try and get an upgrade because why do you care, right? Because you haven't got the status, right? Um, you, you're going to take less of these actions that make the airline money because they didn't give you the status. So it's actually cheaper, better, fast. Like there's all the right metrics for an airline to want to give you the status as long as you would meet that kind of criteria that, you know, it's the type of clientele that they want to bring in. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. So what you're making me think of right now is Las Vegas. Okay. Cause I, I have these. So when I'm working in the aftermarket automotive industry, I deal with a lot of car dealers. Right. And there was a few salesmen I'd meet 
and they'd go down to Vegas all the time. Like to the point, the one guy literally Monday to Friday, he'd work at the car dealer selling cars. And then Friday night, he was on a plane going to Vegas because he spent so much money gambling in Vegas. Vegas flew him to Vegas, paid for his hotel, everything, because they wanted him to spend his money. And he also had certain friends that would always come with him, spend their money, right? So that's the thing. Like, if you have a certain status, and he was telling me how he used to go every weekend, and then it got to the point where um, whoever it was, you know, MGM, whatever, one of these kind of places in Vegas kind of said, like, they weren't going to pay for it anymore, right? He's like, well, then I'm not going to go anymore. And then he said a year later, he approached another um conglomerate in Las Vegas telling them da, 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 this, this, and that. And then they started flying him down, right? Because they're like, well, we want this guy's money, <laughs> right? We want him coming to our casinos now. So now all of a sudden, now it, he's all preaching like, you want to go to such and such casino, such and such. And like, and that's the thing too. Like if let's say you're, you're um, a loyal, I don't know, Air Canada customer and you turn into an Emirates customer, right? Now, because you were able to do that and change from Air Canada to Emirates, you're going to tell everyone about the Emirates, you know, Emirates is the best. This is that, which is then going to ripple positive because what do people do? People like to take advice from their friends. Who do you recommend flying with? I fly with the Emirates. It's the only person I fly with. And then their friends are going to go, well, let's look at the Emirates. So there's like a whole ripple effect, especially from people who fly a lot. So if you can get them on your radar, they're going to be very big advocates for your brand. But that's that's my opinion. <laughs> you're actually, you're t- totally right. Like, funny enough, frequent flyers have frequent flyer friends and they talk to their frequent flyer friends, right? And a lot of these Flyers also meet people while they're traveling, right? Great for networking, by the way, to travel, especially airline lounges and air lounges on board aircraft, aka Emirates. <laughs> this, this podcast might be a giant advertisement for Emirates. <laughs> we'll see. Um, now, to your point, your friend that was always you know, flying to Las Vegas and effectively got a status match with this other casino, right? That's effectively what happened in the background. And there would have been something that goes through his head. You know, this casino has kind of ditched me. I'm moving my business to this other casino, you know, and now I want to prove myself, right? And so what happens at that point? You big egotistical, you start spending money. You start spending maybe more than you, you need to be spending because, you know, I need to I need to prove myself, prove my worth now. The, the casino may have given you maybe a free dinner to start with or I don't know what, it, you know, something. They probably didn't start off by flying them. It would have been something else. And then the next thing would have been the trip, right? The flight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he, there probably is an element of that conversation or him getting effectively that quasi status match that changed his behavior or his psyche to think, you know what, I'm going to prove they made a right decision. I'm <laughs> tonight's a hundred grand night, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> There'd be a bit of that, I think, happening. And, you know, to your point, it's the, you know, the, the old casino who wasn't spending money at then, then kind of loses out. So there's this whole dynamic with loyalty and play here. You know, there's the acquisition retention kind of balance. You know, how much do you put into acquisition versus trying to keep people into your brand, right? And then what does that look like? And it really actually shows the power of loyalty on both sides of it. That, you know, if old casino was to spend or 
treat him slightly differently? And does it mean just flying him out every weekend? Could have meant something else, right? Hooking up with an experience that he can't buy. Or, uh, you know, it could be like something like lunch with his favorite golfer or, you know, something like that, which, you know, how do you buy that? Very difficult, right? Or it's expensive. Whereas for casino, it might be free as part of some sponsorship deal they've got, you know? So this, there's all these kind of money can't buy experiences that can keep people very loyal uh, on the same token. On the other side, you've got the acquisition um, part of it. And everyone thinks, you know, the whole grass is green on the other side thing. <laughs> Actually is <laughs> for frequent flies, but it can often be greener because you make it greener because you suddenly become more interested in this other brand or this other loyalty program. You start reading about the deals they've got in their credit card. You start looking at where they fly. You start looking at their product. You try their product. You go, Jesus, my old airline didn't have flat beds. This one does. I like this a lot more. Gee, they've got great cocktails here. Oh my gosh, this airline has a shower in the sky. <laughs> Why yeah. would I ever fly this other airline again? Yeah, that's crazy because you were telling me about that like off off camera about how some of these Emirates planes have a shower on board. Like you could, you could take a shower. That's amazing. <laughs> I never even heard of that. It's a must do. You need to you need to try it. So it's a must do, I think, for on everyone's bucket list. So I kind of feel like what you're what you're getting when you change these people over to another airline, it's like you're you're creating brand ambassadors for these airlines. And it's kind of like if you look at like social media now. You could call it an influencer, right? So, you know, you, you know, when you look at like electronics, right? You know, you send somebody a, a new fancy gadget, right? And then that fancy gadget, they go and do a review on YouTube and saying how great it is and whatever, and it's awesome and this, this and that. And they're an influencer. And with the sky, I mean, I don't think, I don't think people really... I don't think they really go and blow it up on um, <clears throat> on YouTube doing like, hey, this is why you need to fly this plane. Now, sometimes they have little videos of how cool they are. I think I've seen one of the Emirates videos of how cool it was. But I, I, I don't know if you know where I'm kind of going with this, right? Like you're creating brand ambassadors because these people are now going to go and influence and tell their friends, which we already were talking about, I guess, right? Do you have any, a, sorry, go ahead. There's a, there's a, I mean, there's a bunch of videos out there from what we'll call frequent flyer bloggers. You know, they, um, they post tips and tricks on how to, you know, leverage credit card miles to fly very cheaply in business and first class of some of these airlines. Um, some are very good tutorials. You know, you get this credit card and combine this credit card and redeem these miles on this airline through this pay 200 bucks in tax and you can fly from New York to Singapore, you know, for a hundred dollars kind of thing. Like there's, there's, there's some interesting tips like that. And, you know, are they influencers? Probably to a point, but they're not really influencing the airline of choice. They're, they're leveraging the airline's brand and the billions that airlines have spent on their own brand and product and that kind of stuff. And <laughs> kind of acting like, credit card junkies really and they're, they're they're kind of influencers for the bank uh because when you get the credit card you know you, you get i'm making this up hundred thousand miles for getting the credit card with some minimum spend you can use those hundred thousand miles to book your 
award redemption with the airline. You get this great business first class trip. And, you know, in the background, there's some really interesting economics where the, the bank is actually paying the airline for a lot of this. Airlines make money when you earn miles in your account. Uh, in fact, airlines have earned so much money from selling these miles to banks through his credit card products that the loyalty program on airline is actually, in most cases, is worth more than the airline itself as an independent business. And this has been validated many times in the last couple of years through some of the financials, especially the US programs, uh, airlines. They've published a lot of these financials and it's really fascinating to the point now where airlines can make more money selling miles than they can selling seats. That's interesting. That's a, oh, that's that... a whole other podcast, I think. Could talk about those economics. <laughs> but this, it's actually, this is actually really interesting because it, it's all about a great, um, we'll call it customer introduction maybe. You know, you, you've got all these miles of the credit card, you're converting, you're flying Emirates for the first time, you know, and you sit in that business or first class seat on the A380 and you're like, wow, I've never had something like this in my life. It's such, it's so many steps above what I'm used to with an airline that you're, you've got a new standard now, right? Your new standard used to be, you know, if I get some kind of alcoholic beverage before takeoff, I'm happy. Whereas now it's like you fly Emirates, it's like, there's a bar on the plane, you know, there's 30 people hang around a bar area and, you know, we're sort of just chilling and selfies and what, you know, it's totally different experience. And you may have never flown this airline before, you know? And so suddenly that's what got you onto the airline. It wasn't the, you saw a billboard that said fly to Amsterdam for a thousand bucks and economy. It wasn't that that got you. It was the allure of, of, of something aspirational, something you normally wouldn't buy yourself, right? You, not everyone goes out there and shells out 20 grand for a first class ticket around the world, but you mm -hmm. might go out there and get a credit card that costs you a hundred bucks. Yeah. No, same I mean, thing. you look at, uh, trying to think here. You look at like, uh, like my credit card here, first class travel. Right. And I mean, trying to cover up the numbers, <laughs> But I mean, you know, I, I get tons of reward points. Like I honestly, in the last year, I probably had over a thousand dollars in, you know, free flights, hotels. Actually, I think, I, th I want to say it's like over $1,500 already. And I don't even travel as much as some of these other people that are spending a lot more money. Right. And I'm just using it, the credit card for the business. And I have a few credit cards that I get points and everything from that's that's a very big game. And I mean, I just booked another trip and had $700 taken off of my $1,200 trip trip in points. I'm only, it's only cost me $500 out of my pocket. <laughs> and I know we went away earlier in the year and we had points and we used $500 for hotels and stuff like that. Like these travel uh, credit cards are crazy. They can be really good value. <clears throat> I, I know if you, if you're just using the points in the card or you're transferring into an airline, that can be really beneficial if you transfer into, you know, an, an airline program. Uh, and this is money you're going to spend anyway, right? It's like you could use a debit card or cash or a credit card, right? It's almost the same cost to you, but one of them gives you a lot of rewards and one of them doesn't. Yeah. A lot of people get the uh, entry-level credit cards because there's no fees. And I don't know. I like to get the, the, I don't know, these kind of credit cards, usually they charge you 
100 or 150 bucks for like a yearly fee but honestly man i usually get like a thousand dollars plus in free travel and free this like and if you have like one of those zero dollar free credit cards you're usually not getting a whole lot of anything <laughs> other than lower interest right so, so what we're learning here is you're getting thousands of dollars of value out of your credit card. You're paying very little. So if there's any banks listening to this, make sure you hit up Ben with a really high <laughs> annual fee credit card that earns even more. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is I just got another one in the mail. <laughs> it, it's hidden behind there. But yeah, no, I just got another one for travel and everything like that. So because I'm going to be trying to focus on two credit cards for the business and just keep you know, rotating through them and getting more and more points that you can utilize for travel. And most of this, the travel I do, which is not even close to what a frequent flyer would do is mainly, you know, for training and self, you know, self-improvement development, you know, mindset kind of coaching stuff. Right. So like going there and sometimes it's go to visit family and stuff. Right. But, but yeah. Interesting though, interesting though this is the kind of segment airlines want to target. Right. So they've got their elite frequent flyers up there, but then, 98% of people are not elite frequent flyers, right? You fly once, two, three, whatever times a year. And airlines are something called something called share of wallet, right? Which is how loyal you are to a brand. And so if 100% of your flights are with Air Canada, for example, right? You're really loyal, yeah? Whereas if one just one of your flights was with WestJet, for example, suddenly you're not 100% share of wallet with Air Canada. You might be like 80%. Right, because that one flight equals twenty percent of your entire capacity just to travel each year, right? And so the airlines want to get that back again. They want to keep you at one hundred percent, right? And so one hundred percent for you might mean four flights, where someone else might mean a thousand flights, right? But they just want you at one hundred percent because if they keep you there, they're more likely to get your future business. You're more likely to spend spend more uh, in the right ways with them. So you're you're actually the what we'll call the next kind of segment that airlines are going after it's the people that have some travel the ability to travel um but you know they're not quite the silver level type freaking flyer yet right they're somewhere between zero and well let's call it 10 sectors a year 10 flights a year somewhere in there the bulk of people are in there right and if airlines can shift more of these people because remember there's so many people in this group right you know you're moving 200 bucks of your business towards one airline doesn't sound like much, but you've got another 30 million of you out there, right? And so moving to, to do all that, suddenly it's it's a decent amount of change where airlines want to do something about it, right? And you've got a choice of who you fly because you don't have a silver or gold sash. You're not locked in with an airline, right? You're not used to those perks because they don't exist so much for you. And so you're a free agent, right? So how do airlines keep wow. your business? How do they keep you loyal? That's That's the next sort of great frontier for some of these airlines. How do they... How do they do something for you there. I'm a free agent. You hear that airlines come and get me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got a question here and I think this, this is, I think everybody would really love to hear this. So what was your most memorable experience as a customer on an airline? I have a feeling you might have a really good story. Cause you've it's traveled like a lot. I have, and you know, I collect boarding passes. All right. So, you know, boarding passes are all digital these, mostly digital these days on your phone. Yeah. So, I actually ask for a printout, right? Every time. And I have done this for the last 20 years. 
Um, I've got a collection of about a thousand boarding passes. Um, you know, one day I'm going to, you'll see them on the back of my wall. I'm just going to plaster a whole room with boarding passes. It's going to be really cool. So I guess I do a bit of experience. Um, but like, a good customer experience, I think we need to take a step back and look at what a bad customer experience is because you don't know if something is good unless you know what's bad, right? Other Everything is just kind of wishy-washy in the middle. So I think to have a really great customer experience, you have to experience the pain of a really poor customer experience because then you appreciate and you really know like how bad things could get versus how <laughs> great things could be, right? Otherwise, you're just somewhere in the middle. So um, I'll tell you one example with um, Qantas many years ago. Uh, so I was been a, one of their top frequent flyers, the VVIP sort of status in their airline. And they just launched this new status tier, the super VIP one. And I was on the first flight of the first day that they'd launched it. Right. I was all excited and I was on, on board the plane. I was in business class and the flight attendant comes down the aisle, you know, they sort of welcome you on board. Right. It's like, uh, welcome back. You know, thank you for flying. You know, can I get you a glass of something? And they introduced themselves to the person next to me. And then to me, it was like, oh, and, and welcome back, Mr. Osmith. So it was like, why did you get a better introduction than me? Like, we're not traveling together, right? He, I'm like, dude, you must be like a gold member or something, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm gold. I'm a gold member. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, F you. I'm six times higher than a gold level, right? Why didn't I get something better? Like, this is such a tiny thing, right? Like, it's a legit first world problem. I shouldn't be complaining about it. But I did complain about it because it was the, the launch day of their new VIP thing. And, you know, I felt they sh should have at least recognized person of that status. It was a very small group of people, right? So I mentioned this to the airline. And uh, see, because frequent when you fly a lot, you, you it's the, what I call like the small moments that count. You know, it's, it's the really small things when the cabin crew and the check-ins, when they nail these things, it's, I call it a Yujin moment. It's a, it's a Japanese word for describing something you can't possibly describe. Sort of like the moment the sun rises above the horizon. Just that moment, that split second of the light. Just ching, from the, it's those perfect moments. There's no word for it. It's called a Yujin moment, right? So I talk about this in the context of airlines. If they get these little things right, uh, the whole experience goes really well, generally. And they screwed up on this one. <laughs> so I complained. Uh, I can actually days. already think in my head what's going on. And I think I can easily explain it, but I'll let you keep going. So what ended up happening is I got a call back and they said, you know, we, you know, sorry. And, you, you know, we've got an event next week uh, in Sydney. Do you want to come in Australia? And I said, yep, I'm coming anyway. Uh, it was the launch for this event. And they said, no, no, we've got a special thing the day after the event. Um, John Travolta's in town. And so this is a few years ago. And he's flying his uh, Qantas branded 707 aircraft into Sydney. And, you know, would you like to have a flight with him? <laughs> so I said, yes. And, uh, and so, you know, the next, you know, week later, I'm flying around John Travolta in his 707 above Sydney for a couple of hours, just drinking champagne, having fun. He was actually flying the aircraft. There's a few other people on board as well, but, you know, pretty cool experience. You can't possibly buy this, right? And so suddenly this small moment that in my mind was kind of damaging for Qantas, you know, hyping this big elite status tier thing up. So in my mind, this was pretty bad, but in the grand scheme, it's not really. 
but then Qantas sort of came bounced back with this this such a high bar that no one of the game airline could really beat that from now on. And you know that just you know wowed the heck out of me, obviously. Um, and since then, you know, I'm just telling the story everywhere. So they're obviously getting a lot of sort of PR coming out of this, you know, years <laughs> later. <laughs> Congratulations, Qantas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just I just think about how you know you go to a bar, right? Many years ago when I used to go to the bar and you'd watch these people come in and you know, people come in, hey, how's it going? Blah 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 blah. And then, you know, well, what can I get you to drink? And then the person, you know, a screwdriver or whatever, right? Oh, they make it for you. Here you go. You go sit down. And let's say you're someone who frequents that bar. You might be like, how does this guy not know my drink, my name, whatever? But then, you know, if you're somebody of that status that comes in the bar, and like my friend Kirk used to be a bartender for many years at this bar. And the funny thing is I barely ever drank there. I go there and drink iced tea and just hang out and chat with him, right? Because I couldn't see him. He worked nights, right? But anyways, needless to say, you'd see the regulars come in and it'd be like, hey, Dave, how's it going? You want another screwdriver like usual? Yeah. Going to your usual seat? Yeah. I'll have, you know, Wendy bring it over. And boom, you go sit down. And what do you feel like? You feel a lot more welcomed, right? And had you got on that plane on the first flight and they said, hey, Mr. Ross Smith, welcome aboard, blah, 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 blah would you like your usual uh, red wine or whatever it is that you drink? You know? Yes, I would. Wow. Like, thanks for remembering that. Right. You know what I mean? And you'd probably be just like, Oh wow. They're like keeping track of like what I drink and what I eat. And you know, we have, we know you like chicken. Did you want chicken brought over for your meal today? Blah, blah, blah. With the special, whatever stuffed broccoli. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. And <laughs> you know, you'd be like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing. But I mean, that's the difference between, you know, them welcoming you and knowing you as a customer because you're like that elite status and someone else who, let's say, is is, is a, a gold member that they may not know as well as you who travels frequently, right? I mean, if something like that happened, you'd be a lot more. But if you just came into the bar and they don't really know who you are, but they should know who you are because you're there all the time, it'd be... You don't remember that I drink screwdrivers all the time? What do you think? Do you think that was kind of... The, my, I'm digging deep in my memory bank here. I think I remember... <laughs> do you remember when Google Glass first came out, like, what, 10 years ago? I don't know when it was. A long time ago, right? I, I'm pretty sure I remember Virgin Atlantic doing so i could be totally wrong here so there would be i'm pretty sure they had something where the idea was you'd walk into the island lounge the staff would have the google glass on and they had some sort of virtual sort of thing and they could he would like i don't know if this is true scan your face and go this is john smith he's a gold member he likes red wine he doesn't have this he's not traveling with anyone today whatever right seeing this kind of information and then you know of course when you approach the desk that person is already armed with the information because they were seeing it in real time i don't know how true that is but i'm pretty sure i read something about this maybe it was just a really bad april fool's joke <laughs> anyway if they did that that'd be pretty cool so imagine you walked into that bar but imagine there was some sort of global intelligence system please don't get any ideas world economic forum but you know you walk <laughs> in this bar and and they see you and they go 
Ben has been to four bars in the last three hours. He spends about this much. He, he, this is his favorite drink. This is what he likes. It'd be kind of cool to have that kind of intel, right? To like, you you walk in, they go, we got to give this guy one, two, and three, and boom, he's satisfied. He's going to keep spending all night. He's going to come back again. That'd be cool. Yeah, because I mean, like Vegas is king at that, right? If you sit down at a table, they come up to you. Hey, they keep track of the people who are spending money and you have to give your player card on certain, you know, games and stuff like that. Like I don't spend a lot of money, but I do like to go play roulette. And after you've been sitting at the table for like usually a good 15 minutes, half an hour, they come up, they offer you a drink. And usually depending on the, you know, you're at the drinks are free because you're spending money and you're at the table. Right. And they'll keep it coming. As long as you usually give a couple dollars to uh, like tip to the, the server waitress, whatever you want to call it they'll just keep bringing them coming, right? Because they want to keep you there. They want to keep you at that table. They want to keep you spending, right? They'll make you feel comfortable. If you spent a lot of money, like I remember one night I was up to like $1,000 in winnings on the table and like I was doing really well for roulette. And for me, that's a lot because usually I, you know, I might spend a hundred bucks kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember they started taking notice because I was on like the the low limit tables, you know, dollar, $2, whatever, $5, $10 table or something like that, right? So, you know, they start taking notice and you can tell they take notice. Next thing you know, someone will come by and address you, address you by name. But this is all about, you know, going up. And I wasn't at a high limit table. Those high limit tables, I'm pretty sure it's like they already know what they drink. They already know what they want. They, you know, but that's that's kind of what we're talking about is you are, you know, there's certain statuses and these people are comfortable with a certain experience. And at the end of the day, you're helping them be comfortable when they relocate somewhere else to still get that same status again, but it may be with another airline because that airline doesn't travel there anymore or, or they can't utilize it because they've relocated, you know, and when you're used to a certain level of customer experience, right. You know, it gets kind of ruined. And, you know, I hear this all the time, like somebody bought a Honda car, and they bought it at such and such dealership and they'd go in and they knew, Hey, John, how's it going? Blah, 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 blah. How's the civic doing? Great. Right. You know, uh, I think it's almost time for your oil change. Um, what brings you by today? And because they know you and then you move somewhere else and now nobody knows you, you know, it's like cheers where everybody knows your name. Right. And now you've moved. So you're trying to get these people into that status like cheers where these people will know your name. They'll treat you the same. They're going to get that elite status again. They're going to feel comfortable again. It's like welcoming them to a new home. Exactly. With, with everything sort of semi similar, just <laughs> on everything. Maybe not a bar, but you know, <laughs> or shower. <laughs> well, do you have any final words of wisdom or, Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, pay for you gotta pay for some ad spend or something like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not sure. I think you know, in in my career, sort of working at airlines and with airlines, and then as like a separate vendor, right? Um, I've always found success in what we do when things are aligned with great customer experience and in whatever that looks like, 
right? Sort of putting that above any sort of financial motive or gain. Because, you know, at the end of the day, especially travel, people are very emotional when it comes to travel stuff. Because, you know, you're, you're in an aircraft for three, four, five, ten hours at a time kind of thing. And, you know, I think the opportunity, especially in airline business, to really nail these small moments to create better experiences for customers. I think the the upside there and what they could do more to create more of the experiences, which funny enough translates into people spending more money, right? Who like who would have guessed happy people spend more, right? Rocket science. And <laughs> the, the more airlines can do that, the, the better off they're going to be financially moving forward. People will be more loyal, they'll spend more, they'll do all the right stuff, right? And, you know, I think, also, they could probably look at other industries and learn from what other industries do really well um, because, you know, every, everyone likes the idea of travel, you know, to, to some degree at least. And we want, we've so for the last 100 years, we wanted it, the travel experience to be seamless and, you know, just, just really easy and enjoyable, right? You think about as a kid, the first time you ever get on a plane, it's pretty magical well, for most people, <laughs> you know, hopefully at the window seat, you look outside, you see the engines just spool up, you take off. It's really, really magical. And how, like, how can the airline industry and other industries bring that moment, that feeling you had as a kid back every time you fly or engage with a brand? I think this is all brands around the world, not just airlines. How could they bring this really good feeling moment? And, you know, I don't have all the answers, you know, status matching is one of those, one of those maybe thousand ways they could achieve that. And so I, you know, personally, I just like to see when brands sort of step up and legitimately try new bold things to help improve the customer experience. Awesome. It's great. I was glad having you on today. I mean, I can say I met the guy who got to go fly with John Travolta. <laughs> It was, it was, that was a fun bag for sure. Uh, that must've been pretty amazing. I mean, you know, I think about things that I've had in my life and customer experiences I had, and there's always a great story to tell and that, you know, it's hard to continuously um, do that over and over and over again. And even like myself, when I get repeat customers, I'm like trying to figure out, well, they've already had this great experience. So they've used me again how do I make it better the second time around? Right. Cause you got to try and find a way to one up, you know, every time or at minimum be consistent. Right. And that's the big thing when, when, you know, any of these people who are flying the way they are, they're flying with that airline because they want consistency. Right. And they want the experience. Right. So it's like consistency plus some sort of positive thing that's happening at the same time, right? So they feel good about buying something. It's positive. Uh, when you repeat that over and over and over and over, suddenly it, it, it starts screwing with your head, right? And your subconscious, you start associating this brand, this product with good things. Uh, it's the same It's the same kind of chemicals as love, basically. And you start like really enjoying this experience and you want more of it, uh, which means you're going to come back again, again, and again. As long as... Repetition plus positive experience. Those two have to sort of, you know, go hand in hand. Airlines can be really good or really terrible at this. 
um, you know, other, other companies, same thing. I actually, you're right. Speaking of cars, remind me of uh, every time I used to walk into BMW dealerships in in Australia, uh, there'd be a smell. I don't know. I don't know if they've got some secret scent in those dealerships or something. <laughs> like you walk in and just, oh, I'm a BMW. Like you could do a blindfold test and I'd know what dealership I'm in, right? And you'd smell it and you're like, oh, it's really good. And so I'd start associating that smell with BMW, right? Didn't smell like the car at all, just, I don't know, paint or something. <laughs> like there's tires and the, the, there was a smell. And it was lemon, a very lemon fresh scent. There's <laughs> probably a, you know, I'll probably go to the supermarket tomorrow and be like, buy BMW smell, like spray it. Like, I don't That's anyway, amazing. it worked. It worked. And I spent way too much money there. Well, you kept going back, right? That's why they get to know you. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah, I mean, thanks a lot for coming on and, and sharing this. This is a totally different thing that I didn't even really know existed. And uh, I it totally makes sense. I know a lot of people that would actually utilize this. And I think it's pretty awesome. Cool. It's been fun to chat. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Experience podcast. Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Ben, check out Benjamin Del Grosso on LinkedIn at SafeDriveSolutions on Instagram or www.safedrivesolutions.ca online. We'll see you next time.